Hey, welcome to the Strong Roots Podcast. My name is Kristen Hill, and we are so excited that you're tuning in today. Our prayer is that you would move one step closer to Jesus through this series. So go ahead and check out this next episode. Hey, Strong Roots. I'm here with Pastor John, and I'm so excited that he's going to be talking to us because this whole season is going to be about how some scripture is twisted and people use it out of context. So today we're going to be talking about Matthew 7, 1 through 5, and how a lot of people use this to say that Christians shouldn't judge. And I'm so excited to hear your, pers- your perspective on this. So John, first question, how do we love someone who doesn't like to be given feedback and they feel strongly about something that doesn't follow our faith? Well, people always give this verse back to you. Don't judge lest ye be judged, right? They're quoting Matthew chapter 7, and really it's a whole passage, 1 through 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. And I actually did a sermon series on this, which I'd love to have linked in the description. We should do that. Um, But uh, the key to interpreting Scripture is putting things in context. And obviously taking people out of context is something that's really famous. We see the news media do it all the time. Right now when this is being recorded, 60 Minutes really famously did this to Ron DeSantis in a super insidious and deceitful way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that when people quote that one verse saying, don't judge me, right. what they're doing is they are misquoting and taking out of context Jesus' words. Because what he's really saying in that whole passage is don't be a hypocrite. Right. Right, so if somebody comes to you and you want to confront them about something, they say, don't judge me. The first question to ask yourself before you give them an admonition is, am I being a hypocrite? And I think that's a really big deal. And then number two, you spoke about love. And I think the bigger question here is, um, you know, what the loving thing to do is to confront someone who's about to do something that's harmful, right? You got a friend who's about to cheat on their husband, like, look, confronting them, helping them see the generational cost of infidelity, what that's going to do to your children and your grandchildren, and the research is real on this, um, is is a big deal. you know. And uh, I think the loving thing to do is obviously confront someone when when you're making good choices, caring about them, wanting God's best for them. Absolutely. And uh, I would also say, too, I'll add right here, um, because you know when we're fighting sometimes, I'll take you out of context to get you to do what I want, right? And that's manipulative, and that's what people are doing. They're manipulating Jesus. But... Um, Paul calls us to judge Christians. Like if somebody claims to be a Christian, he literally calls us to judge each other's behavior. And uh, Jesus says, hey, don't do it harshly, right? Because mm-hmm. the way that you judge in this passage, you know, Matthew 1, I believe it's verse 4, or Matthew 7, verse 4, um, says the way you judge is the way you'll be judged. Right. And that's just wisdom. Like if I'm a jerk to you, you're going to raise the voice. If I take it up to here, you're going to take it up to here in our argument, right? He's just saying, hey, be nice, don't be a hypocrite, and be loving. So anyway, long answer, that's the answer though. But it makes me think of that verse as iron sharpens iron. Yeah, so one brother sharpens another. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're talking about. You gotta take the Bible in a greater context. Like oh yeah. All of the, I mean, all of scripture points to what you're saying. Right, right. Absolutely. So John, we are very quick to blame and judge others. Mm-hmm. What are some things that can help us as Christians to be slow to blame or judge others? Oh, I think that is such an important thing. And, and I think one of the big reasons that we have a society that has become so unhappy um, is because we are all so obsessed with ourselves. And uh, I think that we all think that we're perfect and everyone else is bad. And that's literally the key to feeling like a victim, to feeling disenfranchised. Because what you're doing is you're focusing on everybody else's role and you're minimizing your own role. And when you do that, you lose all your power. Mm -hmm. When I blame you, I can't do anything except tell you to change. And I'm really at your mercy. I'm giving my power away. What's really empowering is when I say, hey, 
I don't care what she did. I'm really going to get gritty and, and, and granular on what my role is on something. And there's so much power in that. There's so much freedom in that. And I love Jesus really calling us to focus in the same passage, Matthew 7, 1 through 5. He says, don't focus on the splinter in their eye. Don't focus on the little issue that they have. He says, focus on the log in your eye, which is an idiomatic expression from his day and age saying like, you've got a big chunk of something in your eye. Deal with that. It's like, oh my gosh, that's a big problem. And um, he says, look, you're going to feel empowered by that. You're going to feel joy by that. You're going to be able to grow as a person. You're going to experience better relationships when you focus on your issue first. And uh, anyway, whenever I hear someone be like, don't judge me, I'm always like, oh man, how does it feel not growing and not maturing? I love blaming others. Like that's a great way to have a terrible life. Uh, but that's what so many of us do. So. <laughs> Put in a really straightforward way. <laughs> yep. Just, just throwing fastballs, bringing the heat. But it is true because... If we always blame others and never look at ourselves, we won't grow. Yeah. So that is very, mm -hmm. it is very true. Yeah. All right, John. So our society has convinced us that we don't have a purpose. So how do we find purpose if we feel like we don't have it? Like, apart from God. Like, it's all about us. Like, you have what it takes. Like, our purpose So that question is, could be better yes. phrased. Our society tells us that we are our own purpose. Yes. Which is profoundly unfulfilling. Yes. Okay, and then don't judge others. Okay, so mm -hmm. I think that when you are your own purpose and your joy becomes your own purpose, it becomes very, very easy to focus on everyone else serving you, right. which is going to be really unfulfilling and cause you to judge people in a very terrible way, mm -hmm. in a way that's very unfulfilling. And when you are conformed to the image of God and you live to serve God, I think there's actually a lot more joy. There just is. And uh, Jesus teaches about this all the time, and he's absolutely right. All the data is, is real on this. When you live to serve others instead of serve yourself, you're going to be a lot more satisfied. You're going to have a lot more joy. And not that manipulate like Enneagram type 2 serve others, where it's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to serve others so that they'll love me mm -hmm. first. You know what I mean? Um, but no, I want to serve others because I really love them, right. and I just want them to be happy. And we actually, this last Sunday, we did a sermon on envy. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the big things about envy, I, I want my kids to be so not envious that they can rejoice with other people being happy. So that even if things aren't going well in their life, they can look at a sibling and love them so much that they're just genuinely happy they're having a good life. And then their joy becomes your joy. you know. And I think that's such a big deal um, because it gives us joy when other people are thriving their purpose, even when we might not be. Um, so anyway, long short answer to finding your purpose. Absolutely. So. Okay, so you've told us so far that Christians are called to judge other Christians because it's a loving thing to do, mm -hmm. is to help each other grow and help each other pick up their cross, follow Jesus, and not, not go into sin and temptation that mm -hmm. will keep us from God. Yeah. What then do we do as Christians? You kind of mentioned it earlier, but when non-Christians use this verse as almost like a Bible dart. So a non-Christian says, hey, you're not supposed to judge yeah. me. What do yeah. you do? Well, you just look at them and you say you're taking Jesus' words out of context. And like, obviously, I know that you know one passage of scripture, but like, that's a horrible manipulation and misquotation of the words of Jesus. If you're going to go there, allow me to show you the wisdom of Jesus, which is really, really cool, which tells us, don't be hypocritical. And like, it's not that I'm judging you from a place of like hypocrisy, if you are, you know, like just, yeah, I'm sorry I said anything. But if it's not a place of hypocrisy, say, hey, I love you. I care about you. Here's all the data that tells us the decisions you're making are going to ruin your life. And out of an abundance of love and care for you, I just want to open your eyes to the wisdom of God and to the way, the cost that this choice is going to have on the life that you want, irregardless of what you believe. That's probably what I would say if somebody used that passage. Are we called to judge non-believers? I think in the sense that 
So here's what I say for like, people talk to me all the time about gay marriage, right? And they're like, oh man, society, you know, whatever. I, I have a problem with society making following Jesus illegal. I don't have a problem with society saying some things that Jesus calls sin are not illegal. Like society doesn't determine what holiness is. Like society, there's a lot of things you can do in society that are, that are sinful. And Christians are like losing their mind over the way that, you know, we define marriage or all these other things. Like they don't have an impact on God's mm -hmm. truth. Um, so when somebody is sinning, I want to point them out to the generality in which they fall short of God's standard and the way that their choices are hurting this life. But a lot of times I don't zoom in on those individual things. I want to call them to repentance in Christ. And then when they're followers of Christ, I start saying, hey, like here's some areas in your life that you're going to want to reform and conform to the image of God. Um, but yeah, does that help? Kind of. I think I'm still confused. So you're saying, I, tell me if, if, I feel like if I'm confused, maybe people listening may be a little confused. So you're saying that if they're not a Christian, we still, because love compels us, point them to godly truth and wisdom and confront them. But obviously we're not going to hold them to the same standard we'd hold another brother, sister or brother in Christ. Correct? Is that what you're saying? Or do I not understand? Yeah. So in general, I want to point people to our depravity if they're not following Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't lose my mind that society doesn't embrace the standards of Jesus because society isn't Christianity, right? Right. right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a generality of like, hey, we all ascend, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. I want to call you to repentance in Christ, right. right? And you know that this life doesn't lead to satisfaction. There's no joy and satisfaction apart from Christ, right? Once you become a follower of Christ, then I call people specifically, hey, hey here are the issues in your life. I'm talking about people who don't. Yeah, so somebody who doesn't follow Christ, I just want I to point care. out in general, we fall. But I think sin is written on all of our hearts. <laughs> yes. So if somebody says, hey, I don't care, Yeah. there is, the law of God is going to in general convict us. And we can act yeah. like we don't care, but deep in our hearts, we know. And that's such a big deal. You know, for my atheist relatives, I know deep in their hearts, they know that many of the choices they make, hey, th this is, there's something not right about this because right. sin is written on all of our hearts. And God tells us that in his word, but I've also seen that play out in life overwhelmingly. And I feel like, what you just described too is talking about your own personal conviction and not putting it on them. Cause yeah. like I know, like telling your God story, like when yeah. I was far from God, I knew that the things that I was doing, like still weighed on my heart as much as I didn't want them to yeah. and sharing your story. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for non-believers because obviously they can't contradict your story. Right. They may Bible dart us, but like they can't say that never happened or you never felt that way because it's your story. Right. Right? So all right, John. Do you I want to ask you last question. Oh, you too. We're out of time. <laughs> and I still haven't okay. got to ask my last question. Okay. Uh so I wanna ask you what can you do? So when when I come to you and confront you, it's mm -hmm. very easy for you to feel defensive. True. Right? Mm -hmm. This is true. This is true in the John and Kristen Hill marriage. Yes. God does call us to judge each other. Right. What practice best works for you to receive judgment, admonition, and even loving rebuke from me? I think I think everyone is so different, but if there are some people who are like me, um, I think in order to receive feedback it's really important for me to know that the person loves me. And maybe that's why God says do it in love. So if you give me feedback mm -hmm. and I'm instantly defensive or hurt, it's usually because I felt unloved. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just, 
asks you the questions like, do you love me? Like, like I have to, I have to know that you love me. Mm -hmm. I have to know that you believe in me. I have to know that you see potential in me. And if you can say yes to all those things, then I am willing to receive whatever feedback he has for me because I feel like it's coming from a safe place. Yep. Even you could have, he could have said all those things before he said it. Like, you're very good at that. You could have been like, I love you so much. I see so much potential in you, but here's this thing. And I could have just totally, like, tuned that all out. And I think the best thing I could do is ask those questions to be reminded to then receive that feedback. So, and, and what you just identified is so important. When you when somebody confronts you, mm -hmm. okay, you all of us get defensive for various different reasons inside of our mind. And, and it's a, a different yeah. series of lies. For me, it's she doesn't respect me and she thinks I'm a failure. Right. You know, and that's, I think, the root of it. it took me a long time to identify that. Usually I just feel rage. But like, why do I feel rage when she's <laughs> confronting me? And it's, it's those things, right? So I will tell her, hey, before we can move on, I'm gonna get super defensive and I'm gonna lose my mind up in here, I'm gonna go all out. Um, mm -hmm. I need you to tell me that you respect me, you're not gonna leave me, and then I can, you know, whatever. Whatever it is I need to hear, and then yeah. I can receive that. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, um, I think that judging others is such an important part yes. of the Christian faith and the Christian walk. I'm so glad that Jesus gave us the wisdom behind these words, which specifically tell us mm -hmm. to not be hypocrites, to focus on our own stuff, to feel empowered, and yeah. I'm grateful that you've interviewed me today. Yeah, thank you so much. And Strong Roots, I hope that you take this to heart. I hope that you leave with this challenge, that if you see um, somebody who is struggling with a sin issue in your, their life, that you would go to them in love and that you would partner with them even and help them walk out of that sin and be in, be in accountability or whatever way they would be willing to let you um, see them through whatever they're struggling mm -hmm. with. And be a good friend by continuing to sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. Thank you so much for tuning in and I cannot wait to, I'm gonna interview Pastor John again on another verse, so I'll see you then. Bye, Sean Roots. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to follow us on our other social media platforms. We don't want you to miss out on any future content. Thank you so much again, guys. I hope you have a great day. And I want you to know I am personally praying that your roots stay strong.